Seeking the Wise Wise. With Aaron and Alexander discussing the just philosophy. Covering self-development, emotional processing, conscious relationships, and five levels of overall wellness. Thank you all for joining us on the 150th episode. That is six years in the books for the Wise Wise podcast. I am alongside my co-host, Alexander. Yes, I'm so uh, happy to be at this point. I'm so honored uh, to have this time with Aaron and our partnership and uh, spreading this information and looking forward to to seeing what today's episode holds. It's going to be a little bit of a surprise for me. Aaron's got some wonderful topics and uh, questions to, to go over, and we haven't touched base on what it's going to be, so it's going to be exciting. Let's get into so, it. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of a, kind of like a throwback to uh, when we used to do our live Q&As on Facebook. I have a, a bunch of stuff written down. That's kind of been uh, questions that have come to me, but they're not you know, maybe meaty enough to to do a whole episode on. And so we're going to kind of just be going through our closets and, you know, picking out all the, the leftovers because tis the season, uh, especially the season to uh, be purging. And that's actually what I'm coming off of last week. Um, I had a great purging uh, of being sick. And I know a lot of other people out there are sick. I I hear it all over. People are getting a lot of the same things. And so that's kind of where I wanted to start the episode today is like when I get sick, I feel or I try to take the perspective, the silver lining perspective of it's more of a purging of all of the toxicity that I've picked up over the years or over the year. And uh, that includes the emotional, the energetic, anything that's been plaguing me that hasn't been able to be purged in other ways, maybe through released through crying or exercise. It is building up in our bodies. And just as like physical toxins do, so so does our emotional toxins. So I I look at it like that. Otherwise, I'd be sad because <laughs> it's not a fun experience. Uh, but there is an overall good that we can see and gain from being sick. And um, maybe it's that perspective that has helped me feel like like a newborn coming out of this sickness. I I feel much lighter and um, I'm kind of using it as almost like a, a January 1st where it's a new lease on life. I have the opportunity to set new behavioral patterns, new, you know, healthier behavioral patterns because I've cleansed my body of anything that I've been holding on to, again, whether it's chemicals, toxins, or, you know, uh, perspectives. Um, so, Alexander, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what kind of perspective do you take when when you get sick? Um, how do you process that? Wonderful question. And, you know, this is what the, the Wise Wise podcast and the Just Philosophy is uh, really about, is seeing that. One of our pillars is every person and every situation can be your teacher. And in a situation such as an illness, that's a situation and we can still learn from it. And each illness that we go through or the different types of um, variables in under the term illness can be connected to emotions, which can be connected to the energy centers or the chakras in the body 
And so depending on our symptoms of what we're going through, it can really give us a lot of information of things that we have been, uh, as you said, holding toxins or, or receiving toxins. It just means that we haven't handled things emotionally uh, from a optimal position. And again, I want to go through the five different levels here uh, because I happen to feel that everything begins with doubt in the spiritual level. And that's doubting that things are in divine order or are as they should be. And this gets around our preferences. And sometimes when things aren't going the way we prefer, then we, we doubt that it's being divinely guided. And then that spiritual level is where that doubt is. Then it goes into the mental level, which is where the judge sits, decides, is this good or bad? And if it's judged as bad, then it activates the uh, emotional level, which once you get into that emotional level, then that activates the area of the body that that emotion is connected to via the chakras. It activates a weakness in our auric field, and then that makes the physical body more susceptible to injury or illness in that particular area. So this is why um, having an understanding of what symptoms mean and how they're connected to the emotions and to the energetic body gives us the pathway for why the physical body is going through this experience. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I've gained a lot more patience at least in this in this period because I'm maybe because it's it's only a few days behind me and you know I was kind of closer more grounded uh, laying on my back you know for a week um or or maybe I burned off a lot of uh anger that I had uh through the fever I, I don't I don't know exactly what it is but I feel more patient and in my body and but it also could be that I just have I just haven't regained all my energy. So I don't know. Um, it's an interesting feeling, but I don't remember feeling as much like this post being sick in the past. But um, maybe I'm just more aware of my energy. Right, and and injuries fall under this as well. Like if somebody, you know, uh, sprains a knee or wrist, you know, depending on if it's on the left side or the right side, that's information. The left side of the body is the receiving side, and the the right side of the body is the giving side. Uh, left side's feminine energy, right side's masculine. So you can get into, you know, that can be very helpful as well to let you know whether you're operating uh, possibly overly masculine energetic-wise or overly feminine energetically-wise. And, of course, the Just Philosophy is about, you know, living in equilibrium with the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And so, you know, we can get into uh, different, you know, areas of the body, such as like headache is connected to rejection. Um, sinus issues are connected to resentment. Chest stuff and colds in the chest is around uh, grief, shame or guilt. And so it just kind of goes and ripples out like that, that, you know, if it's uh, injury with the foot, then there's an issue with how you're moving forward in life and you have some kind of resistance about how you're going to move forward shoulder stuff is stress so neck means that you're you're oscillating too much in trying to make decisions uh, left shoulder stuff is that you don't feel like you have the tools you need to move forward in life 
right shoulder stuff is that you have all the tools that you need, but you're still procrastinating for some reason. So those are just a few, uh, you know, adding that a lot of people have abdominal issues and issues with staying regular, so to say, and that can be from holding on. That's where worry is held, is in the abdomen area around that second chakra. So this is, the body is just a highway of information. If you're, you know, if you're willing to, to study, meditate or contemplate on, you know, what you're going through. And this isn't about getting into what you did wrong. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's just recognizing, oh, I need to tighten up how I approach this perception or this person or this situation because I can see that it is wearing, wearing me down. And that's what these symptoms wind up um, revealing. Yeah, it, it, I definitely look at it as the cost of how I was living. You know, even though I'm probably living better than, you know, and not better, but not judging it, but uh, uh, more energetically well than at least 80% of the people out there, I'm still, I, there's still a cost because I'm not, you know, a, as good as I could be. There's always improvement. And I, I mean, I don't think there's anybody living in, in today that is going to avoid being sick. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be there because we live in such a toxic environment as it is, uh, even just on the physical realm. So, um, and you know, those who are empathetic in the emotions, they're walking around, you know, being influenced by other people. So, so we can't avoid it. It's just the processing of it that is the most helpful. Well, this is, you know, a great time to bring this in is that, you know, if people ask me all the time, how do you, you know, just stay well as much as possible? And this is where we get into practicing the five levels, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual or religious. And if we're constantly practicing those, I have a daily practice where I run through this. It takes me about an hour and a half every morning. And that helps to keep all these different levels uh, cleansed or purified, if you will, because the way that uh, I feel that this actually works is like some people can can catch colds or illnesses from other people going to parties or social events or even at work, um, those types of things. But I would like to get across that what makes us more susceptible to that is the emotions that we are carrying around, resisting, fighting against. And that makes us more susceptible. So, you know, two people may go to a social situation and only one person pick up the bug, so to say, like an illness bug. And it's very common to say, you know, why did I get it and you didn't? And that's what I wanted to highlight here is that something has been going on on that doubt level and then on the spiritual and then the judgment of the mental level and then the emotional reactions and see the reactions isn't just about external reactions it's about how it affects you internally on a vibrational level and so that's important to realize that when you do catch something like a cold or something like that uh you know that's why it's very good to know what this is connected to because that's where your supplementation is, so to say, to forgive or, or release or, or whatever you need to do from an emotional standpoint, which is going to change your energetic standpoint, which is going to strengthen your physical body. So, yeah, I, and I'm very in tune with my body. So I know when something's starting to come in, 
And so I have like a whole supplement routine that I do elderberry, zinc, you know, vitamin C. And so, um, all of this started on a Monday. And so I did my regimen and it wasn't until Thursday. I was feeling pretty good. So I went bowling and it turns out my bowling teammate who I, I had seen on Monday, he was there and he had gone through uh, the same sickness where he got a fever in that whole time period. And all I had was like some phlegm in my throat. So he had already gone through the sickness. And then I was like, well, I feel good. And I, and I kind of was proud of myself because I was like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't get a fever. You know, I'm, I'm done through this, but I bowled. And I know that in the past, most of the time when I don't feel good and I go bowling, it just totally wipes my, my body out. And then I get sick. There's been one time in the past where that's happened and I didn't get sick. But anyway, this time, um, I went bowling cause I, I was feeling good. And then that night is when the fever hit. And so I don't know if maybe I didn't go bowling, if I wouldn't have had it that bad. I don't know. It, you know, it's, it's so easy to go back and say, but my question is this person is, is not, uh, as in tune with their body, um, doesn't need healthy, is aware of the information out there around these things, but I don't think actively participates. So how can somebody like that move through an illness so fast? And I'm trying to be very conscious about everything and take the supplements and all that. And it takes me, you know, four days longer than, than him. Yeah. Well, what I would suggest with that is it can be accumulation of uh, energy or emotions that have been carried for longer. And then once that gets activated, there's more for the body and the energetic field and the emotions to process. Therefore, it's going to take more time to where possibly this person, you know, has maybe is sick more often and they move through it a little bit faster, but they, you know, they're going to catch something else, you know, possibly sooner. And people that many times people that carry a more healthy lifestyle when they do get some kind of illness or something, it can last uh, a little bit of an exaggerated time period because you're you're processing more from the last time that you went through a similar kind of, of illness. So it's certainly not that somebody has information that, you know, you don't, but there's there's people out there that have, you know, smoked their whole lives and never gotten a lung cancer, so to say. And then there's people that have never smoked and have gotten lung cancer. So this is why, you know, of course, uh, to our listeners that it does no good to compare ourselves to other people because we don't we don't have any idea what is going on on those five levels with an individual. But it is worth, you know, when we're going through our own experience, I like to tell people, you know, when you're down, when you're going through some type of injury or some type of illness, you know, Give yourself to that fully to to contemplate, to meditate on, hey, what could this be connected to? Um, and the other important part that I think is is important here is to realize that many times there's a delay. And even with germs, sometimes germs will be shared, but it may be days or weeks later before the symptoms show up. And I wanted to go back to like, you know, I've certainly got my supplement regimen when I feel something coming on. 
But I also feel like the the emotional and the energetic is just as important as the supplementation. And many times when we get used to these little regimens, these healing regimens, we can depend on it and not necessarily do our house cleaning on these other layers. And, you know, then we can be honest to say that there might be just a little bit of ego there because, oh, I caught it early. I know what to do. This is not going to be any big deal. And then life goes, oh, really? Well, we got to put you down to humble you just a little bit. I'm not suggesting that that's what's happened with you in this situation, but I've certainly experienced that in my own experience. So uh, the humility when we are challenged on what seems to be a physical level, I think is a big part of these lessons and moving through. And even with possibly this gentleman that you're talking about, you know, uh, some people don't even talk about their illnesses and they can move through it quicker to where other people can get into um, bragging or boasting or something like that. And so I think all of that's worth just looking at, again, on a minuscule level of of really getting into the details about how, you know, we are just multidimensional beings and that many times people won't get the message until they are physically put down. But the beauty about growing and becoming more and more energetically sensitive, uh, not just from an empathic standpoint, but from a uh, growth, self-growth standpoint, is that when you can catch it at the, that energetic level, then many times you can bypass the, the so-called physical. But once it gets in the physical, I like to say, please go back uh, and look at that, the spiritual and the mental and the emotional and the energetic as well. And the biggest one is that spiritual and that doubt. Uh, and there's been something more than likely that you experienced over the last um, few months that, you know, created some doubt, which then created some judgment uh, of some sort. And then that weakened the energetic field. And then that made you more susceptible to, you know, to pick this up somewhere. Uh, I am glad that you've moved through it. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that you, you have worked to, you know, to get as much information out of it as, as you can. Yeah. I'm still in the, in the dissection phase. Cause when I have a fever, I can't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like my mind goes in this weird state where it's almost like an overstressed mode because I get fever dreams where as soon as I close my eyes, whatever I watched or thought about right before that time, it just repeats in like a 15 second loop all night. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 uh, not very peaceful. So, and there's not much rest I'm getting. (laughs) Well said. And, you know, when fever shows up, you know, I am interested in uh, possibly sharing any other symptoms that come up, but that can be connected to anger and rage even. And, so that's this is like anger and rage are, are two of the the ugliest, so to say, emotions that most people don't want to admit that they they carry. But I like to suggest that you know frustration is part of that anger rage. It's just different steps: frustration, then anger, then rage. And so, really getting into um, you know looking back all over, I like to go back at least three months. Sometimes it's just three weeks. But more than likely, there has been something that has happened that, see, didn't necessarily create it at the level that would be recognized. But I want people to understand that your experience that you have in the moment 
most of the time has very little to do with the moment. It's the accumulation of things very similar throughout your whole life. So see, it could be something fairly small, like you getting hypothetically angry at yourself for playing poorly in bowling. But that could be could possibly be broke down to self-judgment. So now every time you've judged yourself through your life or every time somebody else has judged you or you felt judged, then that whole accumulation of that comes to the surface to be released. And so that's why, you know, the, the daily house cleaning is very important. But when we do go through those situations to actually make associations with, you know, people and things in our past. And this is where I feel like forgiveness and releasing of perceptions is, is so useful because unknowingly most people hold on to like anger and frustrations with people, you know, for years and years and years or throughout their whole life, really, rather than getting to a certain point and looking back at maybe 10 years ago when you had a situation with a friend that made you angry and just going, you know what, I need to forgive that person for that because I learned this. And and that's the key that our forgiveness is really connected to learning much of the time. And for me, certainly, if I can get the lesson, especially if I feel like somebody has done me wrong or judged me in some way, then there's always a lesson in that and a place for me to tighten up my experience and my practices. And so then when I can see that, I can be grateful for the teacher. And that goes back to that pillar of everyone in every situation can be your teacher. But see, there's a key word there, can. You have to want to learn from it. And of course, that's what this work is all about is self-development, but it's also part of that self-development is growing from our mistakes, our judgments, and those types of perceptions. And it gives us an opportunity when we're put down, when we're not feeling good to just kind of go through and look at, hey, where am I holding on to these judgments? Because when we feel bad, many times it humbles us. And in that humility is a great time to do forgiveness work, to go back to certain people or situations and, and really feel that, that compassion and releasing from that, that judgment because it's, it's, it's actually toxic to carry judgments. Uh, and most of our culture carries it through year after year after year after year. I mean, I hear people talk about all the time something that happened to them like 15 or 20 years ago. And when they talk about it, they're still worked up about it. And that's an example of where, um, or they're still emotional about it, where they haven't learned the lesson and they're holding on to the resentment, the bitterness or whatever. And many times that resentment, bitterness comes up in sinus headaches or a sinus cloggages, issues with the sinuses. So, um, so it's very important to do that reflection and that's a word that I wanted to bring up, that that's sitting in stillness and thinking and remembering similar situations that may be connected to anger and rage where fever is connected to. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think this this uh, part goes along with uh, our a recent episode that we did, which was around the more work we do, the more sensitive we become. And so I think that's kind of what's at play here as well. But, you know, something that I've, I've been seeing people talk about a lot and I don't understand it. 
um, as much. Like I, I get the idea of it is the, the Schumann res- resonance. And many people post the uh, graphs of the machine that records it. And when things get out of balance, though, I want to say it, it's it's similar to or it feels similar to how a lot of us treat Mercury rec- retrograde where we're like, oh, that's the reason why I'm having this in my life. But there was there was a time period where where the device like went crazy and people thought that the earth was upgrading or or downgrading or something it was so- something and people were kind of allowing that allowing the machine to create an emotional reaction in them because they thought something was going crazy on the earth and um it it's been hard for me. I like I don't understand it. I haven't really gotten into it, so I'm coming from a place of ignorance. And this could be a judgment, but it it is a little bit of an observation too. I don't know. It's probably mixed, but one, it feels like people are using it as a crutch in a way, or a way to define how they should feel in that on that day, or or I don't know if it's playing into people becoming way more sensitive because. This thing they identify so much with that, oh, if it's down, then I'm supposed to feel down. And and I kind of feel like it it can go both ways. Whether it's up, then you're only going to look at the ways you fell up and you're not going to really look at. So I don't know. And you don't even need to comment on it. I just It's just been something interesting that I've seen. And I've, I see more and more people get, I don't want to say obsessed with it, but, but more into it. And, I guess in a way it is kind of like Mercury retrograde in a way. It's like people looking for a reason why they feel a certain way. Yes, and there is validity to this. I happen to be a Virgo in Western astrology and Mercury is my ruling planet. So I'm very aware of the power of Mercury retrogrades. Um, the Schumann resonance changing, it does have an effect on us, just like the full moon does. There's... There's just so many things that um, in our environment, whether it's people or um, or our own emotions or uh, things that's going on in the planet that affect us. But from my perspective, people just get caught up in the in the external why. And this is the reason that this is called the Wise Wise podcast is that. The external wise I have just found out is really not of very much importance at all. It's the internal why of why am I allowing this to continue to affect me this way? Like with Mercury retrograde, it's a, it creates communication problems. It creates uh, electronics to go haywire. That's some of the key aspects of it. So when Mercury retrograde is coming around, I don't use it as fear or I don't use it as an excuse. I adjust the way that I work in the universe for that three and a half to four weeks, uh, counting the shadow before and the shadow afterwards. It's typically a three week period, but there's a few days before and after with that as well. So, so most people that are getting into the why is this happening? Yes, they can create it to be even worse, uh, than it, than it is. My suggestion for everybody is, hey, utilize that stuff to be aware, but it's your responsibility to manage those emotions, which is connected to how connected you are to that divine energy, whatever you want to call that, that practice of, you know, trust and faith 
and non-judgment and gratitude, that's the spiritual practice of the just philosophy, then you can still practice all of that no matter what's going on externally. And I just want people to use that external message to just go, oh, I've got to amp up my practice. I've got to amp up my, like with Mercury Retrograde, I just choose to do less interacting with people during that time, especially around subjects that are touchy. So see, that information can be helpful to how to adjust to navigate your life through these times. But in my view, it's just not an excuse of, oh, this is why I'm this way is because of this. And for instance, most full moons, it affects my sleep for about three days normally the day before, the day of, and the day after. And that doesn't mean that I don't sleep at all. It just means that I don't sleep as deep as possible. So what do I do? I consider that. I pay attention to those patterns, and I may take something right before I go to bed to assist me with sleep, Um, happy camper, uh, CBD, whatever that it happens to be, to just uh, assist me in that small period of time so that I don't go three days with poor sleep, see, then that weakens the immune system. It weakens our response on all our levels and it makes us more susceptible to, to injury or illness. So the, the fact of just um, using this information to tighten up your game, so to say, is the relevance from my standpoint. And there's so many external influences out there and some people are affected more by them than others, but those that are affected more, I just feel like they have the tools, whether they know it or not, to manage it uh, optimally and can learn these tools. And of course, that's a big part of what this um, podcast is about. So I want to transition to something that happened this past weekend within sports. Uh, so hopefully people people have probably seen it. I don't know. I, I don't think you have watched any football recently. No, I haven't. Okay, so there was this instance at the end of the Kansas City-Buffalo game where um, Pat Mahomes had the ball and they're down by three and there's like a minute and a half left and they hike the ball. The ref throws the flag because one of their wide receivers was offsides when they hiked the ball. But the play continues. They, they still do out the play they don't stop it and so Mahomes throws the ball to Kelsey Kelsey uh, runs with it and right when he's about to make contact with a defensive player he laterals the ball over to another wide receiver and then that guy runs and scores so it was seen as one of the greatest plays ever but it got called back because he was off uh, the guy was off sides and it was the guy who actually caught the ball from Kelsey who was called offsides. But again, when they go back and they show it, he's clearly offsides. His foot is in front of even where the ball should be, you know, because the center kind of moves the ball a little bit. But a lot of people were saying that he did that all throughout the game, but he was only caught that one time. But anyway, Mahomes went went off. Like they still had three plays after that, but they didn't get they didn't uh do anything and he was kind of composed through that. But once once he realized he lost, he lost it. He started yelling at the refs. And I was so surprised that even during the post-game uh, conference, uh, the coach and 
Pat Mahomes, who both both who are very widely respected, you rarely see emotional, called out the refs and said that it shouldn't have been called. And Mahomes was even suggesting that just because like this was a play that Kel- that would be shown at Kelsey's Hall of Fame, that now they can't show it because the ref threw the flag. But the ref threw the flag before the play. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was very interesting to see how emotions play and and kind of cloud judgment and and you you just rarely see a coach you know uh lambast the refs because there there's i think there's like an unwritten rule where the integrity of the game because you need the integrity of the game uh, to be intact or people will start questioning the game and then they won't pay attention to the actual plays because the the plays will be nullified if there's no if there's no integrity of the game mm-hmm. and so they were questioning the integrity of the game because one of their plays didn't work and they didn't win and and so i just it, it was it was a weird time in sports i felt mm-hmm. and so a lot of people were well a lot of people can sense these things even though they don't understand the energetic side of it and mm-hmm. In positions like that, they would probably do the same thing or or feel the same way as Patrick Mahomes. The fact that they're on the other side, they're not emotionally involved. They were able to see how out of place this anger and rage was because it, it all should have been on the player who lined up offsides, not the ref who called it. Mm-hmm. It was in you know, no matter what, the player was still wrong. And so it was just very interesting and um, it made an impact on me because I was like, well, here's a lot of emotion. There's people doing things that they normally wouldn't. And of course, the next day, Patrick Mahomes apologized um, to even Josh Allen, the, the winning quarterback. Um, and I haven't heard Andy Reid apologize, but, but Patrick Mahomes did. So it was just I feel like it was a learning experience for a lot of people because it was on such a prime time situation. Yes. Um but and, I know obviously you, you you didn't see any of it but I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I think that it, it is important to see how the emotions cloud the judgment, how preferences cloud the judgment. That's what we talk about learning to live in non-preference. That doesn't mean you don't ever have a preference. That just means that when you recognize that you have a preference, you're not seeing it clearly. And in sports or anybody that's ever been part of sports, and I've, I've played a lot of sports through my life, is no one play wins or loses the game. There, there's been so many plays that they could have done better, that, that they got away with being onside and that, that kind of thing. And so that was part of my uh, – wanting to be done with following sports so uh, so closely was because of that that emotional rage that comes in when you don't get a call your way. But when you do get a call your way, even if you know that your team was wrong, see it's all good. It's 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 and this is the emotional gambit that people play and this is a reason why mostly, you know, masculine energy type people, men and women, that carry the masculine energy, that's why they look to uh, sports to have their emotional experience. And more feminine type energy, both men and women that carry more of a feminine energy in their perceptions, then they look at dramas on TV. And so, see, everybody is looking for these emotional experiences. 
and but they don't realize the toxicity that it can bring and how really harmful it can be to the body over a long period of time and you know there's plenty of people that have high blood pressure and they just get so involved into their team or the game that it can ruin the next day or the day of or the next week i'm sure that you know Kansas City fans have probably been bickering you know ever since that game and it's just a sign to show that everybody, most people seek out a way to have emotional stimuli because they're running from feeling. And the, the, the main feeling that we experience is love. And every other experience that we have in this life that can be labeled is an emotion. And emotions are maya or the illusion that takes us away from that vibration of love. So I took 10 years off from watching any sports. I'll watch sports now from time to time. But the thing was, when I come back, I stopped with favorite teams and I just learned to enjoy the game and enjoy players and not get caught up in whether the call was good or it was bad. And now I'm able to experience that in a, in a much different way to see, you know, if you don't have a favorite uh, player or a favorite team, so to say, that's in the game, and see, you can be open and you say, yeah, that was a good call or no, that wasn't a good call. But you don't carry it with you through the day and through the week ahead. So I think it's just a good highlight of how, you know, people look for these emotional experiences. They don't realize how toxic and how it affects them like so much. And um, and it's it's across the board, whether, like I said, it's, it's dramas or movies or TV shows. Or it's music that evokes it. That's one of my favorite ways to have emotional experiences and releases is through music or sports. There's just many, many different things. But I appreciate you highlighting this one because, yeah, there's probably a very big uh, duality out there of certain people that say, no, it was a good call and they've been doing it all day and getting away with it. And then, of course, fans of Kansas City aren't going to look at how many times they got away with it. They're only going to focus on that one time that they did. So again, I think it's worth highlighting, but just all of our listeners to really look at where do you go for emotional stimulus? And if you go into that consciously and you stop being led by these emotions and you want to see things clearly, then it will have a different effect on your whole life experience, basically. And, and again, people that are Looking for that emotional stimuli, typically they're not nurturing intimacy in their relationships. They've only got it to a certain level and they can even go and have that experience of there's plenty of couples that go to sports games or go to movies, but it can be seen as a distraction instead of possibly rather than going to that game or watching on TV. Hey, let's let's sit and discuss our last week and the things that we've struggled with emotionally and the things we've overcome and that kind of thing. That's more of an intimate connection. So I'm not judging and I'm not saying there's anything wrong from people having these emotional experiences. It's just as you do work on these five levels, you get typically less and less interested in being exposed to all of this uh, childish reactions to not getting their way is what it is. And it breaks down to a five-year-old wanting bubblegum and the parent not giving them bubblegum. And so, see, this can be a 50-year-old man that gets so upset about this call uh, uh, on the football field when really he's just tapping into his five-year-old when his mom wouldn't give him bubble gum 
and he feels like, no, I should get that gum and I should get my way. I should get this call every time. Every My team should win every game, you know. So, so hopefully our listeners and viewers can see that it's just an extreme. We are emotional beings and we were designed to experience these emotions, but it, it continues to, um, you know, blow my mind how people seek out these emotional uh, experiences while not realizing they're avoiding true feeling of love and intimacy. Um, but, uh, for many people, it leads them toward that. And unfortunately, many times it's an illness, like we started this podcast off with, that brings them to a point to look at that differently. And with me, I remember very clearly when I made the shift, um, I used to be a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and they lost to the Raiders one year in the AFC championship game. This was probably almost 20 years ago now. And um, I was at the beach with uh, with a wonderful partner. And it ruined my whole day. It ruined my whole week. And when I saw the look on her face when she came in so happy of finding shells on the seashore, and I just said, Pittsburgh lost and my day is ruined. And when I saw the look and the shift on her face, um, that's when I made that promise that I just wasn't going to be affected by sports in that way anymore because I lost a beautiful moment over a preference of a football team that I had absolutely nothing to do with. And so that was my transition to get out of that. And I know that you have transitioned in the way that you experience sports as well. Yeah. And even that has had its own like epiphany moments, um, being, you know, pretty neutral when watching sports. Now I can look back on the people I used to watch or listen to about sports uh you know like the the commentary the people on youtube and the communication that the 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 words that they use it's like they are feeding off of other people getting emotional and they're promoting being emotional over their team because if you're not then you're not a fan and it's been it's been a little eye-opening because i i'm you know sometimes i still listen to it just to see what they're talking about I guess it's similar to like a preacher using emotion in their sermon or or the of government news. invoking fear. Yeah. It's um it, it's it, it's all entertainment and they and need those emotions to, to keep people yeah. connected. Yes, and that I mean it is emotional manipulation and this is what sells in our culture. And so whether it's from the government on the news or yes a sportscaster because see, all these people giving this information, they have their preferences as well. And normally that's going to seep into uh, the way that they are perceiving and broadcasting. And, you know, the news used to be about being neutral and sharing the information without any preferences. But that has long been gone. And I think it's very similar uh, that when you listen to sportscasters, you can kind of know what team the person or the commentator is really pulling for by just little subtleties in, in how they approach certain players or certain plays or, or teams. So we've talked a lot about the human design uh, recently in past episodes. Um, I wanted to bring in something that you and I have kind of talked about, but I saw a post on Facebook about somebody quoting raw, who is the guy who, uh, allegedly channeled the the information of the human design. And he was talking about the difference between split definitions and single definitions. And this is something that I had not heard of before. 
but I am a split definition and you are a single definition mm-hmm. in the human design. And I, I'll pull up the charts so people can see it in, in the actual uh, video. But what they were saying is that uh, split definitions kind of have this theme in their life where they're trying to find people to help them connect both of their energetic centers centers that are not connected. So uh, I have my mind and throat as one energy center place, and then my sacral, my root, and my spleen, I think, mm-hmm. um, as my other group. And so yes. it's almost like I'm trying to find somebody who has the GPS that that will connect that. And it's not like like I'm consciously like walking around checking with people. Do you have, do you have the spleen? I mean, do you have the GPS? But it, it's like this subconscious like desire, uh, will this this theme that's running through my life where almost like an angst maybe. And and when I read that, I connected with it. It it made sense mm-hmm. to me because I have had this angst in my life. I thought it was just an immaturity of just being young and uh, wanting to try to find somebody to complete me. I, and now that, that has a whole new sense of meaning. But I just thought it was that I just wasn't as developed you know, in my early years because I wasn't. And I was, I was immature and I, I wasn't doing my own work on myself. And so I was just looking for people to complete me. But now that I've done a lot of work, um, I I still have that feeling inside of me, but I'm able to manage it a lot more and understand it a lot more. And this has helped me understand it a lot more, just that that angst of, um, I don't know how to say that. I don't know if it's like a search for completion or, or uh, to feel whole or to find that person that when you're around them, that that you you don't have any more cares in the world. I'm not sure, but I know that you have a totally different experience because you are single definition and and from what they were saying that it's not that you guys don't yearn to be with somebody. It's it's just like it's not the same feeling in a way. It's not the same search, right? Sure, yes, and this is a great topic that we haven't discussed a lot on the podcast uh, in these single and multi um uh, definitions. And Basically, that does break down to a single definition person uh, can be very comfortable being on their own, um, being single even, or working on projects by themselves to where a split definition and there's multiple uh, splits. Some people are even double split or triple split. And see, that can make it even harder to feel fulfilled. And those people many times or feel more fulfilled in a group of people because there's multiple people filling up those areas that's missing. And so this is extremely important for people with the split definitions to understand that there is a pull, uh, almost codependency type of pull to, to almost feel like you have to be around uh, somebody or uh, to feel complete. And of course, in our designs, as everyone will see when, um, when that's presented, that I do carry that GPS and we used to, Aaron and I, of course, for many years, um, almost six years, uh, got together weekly. And so I was part of fulfilling that for you. And that GPS is the direction in life. And for people that 
have a human design printout, it is the the diamond in the middle. And if it's activated, it's yellow. If it's non activated, it's white. And so, so now uh, the reason I brought that up is Aaron has moved, you know, to another state, and we're doing everything via uh, video now, and it's going really well. But at the same time, there's a there's a feed that's been lost, and not by any means am I saying that he was codependent on me. It's just that you got that weekly feed consistently, and that is something that you're experiencing very different. Now, you're in a bowling league, and you do social stuff, so I'm sure there's people that you run into that that have that, that in the moment of the game, you might feel like, yeah, this is, I feel like really good and complete, but then you might go home from the game, and the next day, you know, uh, go back into doubt or judgment or or feeling uh, not enough. These are the feelings that a lot of split definition people carry. So it's not a better than. Uh, it just means that when you're working intimately or closely with people, to know their design is very useful. Because if you uh, specifically, or anybody that, that has these split definitions, if you're aware of people around you that have the connection for you, then you work to put them in your life consistently. You don't, you don't have to live with them. You don't have to be in an intimate relationship with them. But the thing is, is that like, like for instance, our connection and it being around the, the podcast and sharing the just philosophy, like that can give you a sense of purpose, a sense of direction and that kind of thing. And uh, when you're away from that, if you're not getting fed that from somewhere, somewhere else, then it can begin to feel like a lackluster and that question, is this truly my path? Is this, you know, is this really what fuels me or how can I get something else that fuels me? So many manifesting generators or and generators that and manifestors, they can be the ones that are always doing project after project after project, but never really feeling very fulfilled. They can do be very hardcore in the beginning and, and be into it so much. But see, if if they're not connected with somebody that holds that energy consistently, then that high is going to turn into a low. And normally that's what happens in burnout is people get burned out and then they don't continue to do what was feeding them for a while. And it seems very confusing. But for you specifically being a generator, it is about the constant uh, chopping the wood and carrying the water rather than these, than these extreme highs and these extreme lows. And that's kind of what we've done with the podcast is we release one every two weeks and it stayed consistent, uh, you know, now for around six years. And so I just suggest to people that do have split definitions to, you know, run charts of people around you, find what the uh, center is that connects your, your parts, and then work to have those people in your life or connect with them, um, you know, quite often and to set uh, goals or to set intentions. I like intentions better than goals when you're around that person. And then that becomes a discipline when you're not around that person. So it's not that people that have split definitions are, are weaker or not as good as single definition people. It just means that you've got to put some discipline around that specific center. And in this situation with it being the GPS, that's your direction in life. And um, so, so when you go into that doubt of the direction, so to say, that's where you have to do your discipline and with discipline, normally that takes some kind of structure to make sure that you are strengthening that area 
and that you maybe you create mantras that you say when when doubt comes in and you want to repeat that although I'm a split definition person I don't need people to feel complete but my energy field gives me that information that I do I just need to create more structure and discipline in this specific area and just work a little harder in this area and see for for single definition people it is they have to work to be in partnerships with people especially another non-single definition because it can seem lopsided in in the uh in the relationship as far as inspiration and direction and that kind of thing goes so this happens the most that I viewed in bands and why say there's four people together they they put out a couple of albums then egos get involved oh I'm the most important and that person pulls away from the group and then they're not nearly as effective out there in the world cuz see that could technically be a split definition say the singer and he's being fulfilled by other people in the band but then when he goes out on his own with his ego He's not nearly as successful because the next band he puts together may not have those centers that they need. So energetically is is so important of how we interact and how we feed off of each other. Yeah, and, and I feel like this is at play a lot in relationships maybe um, because it, and I think it, it can be maybe mistaken or in a way seen as the same thing as it, like an attachment. If mm-hmm. if there's one partner who is a split, they're going to be seen as more needy, most likely, if they're not aware of you know their energy and they haven't done work on themselves. And then if you have one, the other person is being a single, well, they're going to be seen as they don't need the relationship, right? And so I I feel like this probably happens a lot, um, where initially they get into a relationship, but then as time goes on, they they go back to who they were. You know, prior to the relationship, who they are naturally, energetically, and and these things can kind of be shown. Um, yeah, so is, I'm sure and, there's a lot of work for both people in that instance to to do. Yes, and this is where when that is recognized of this, like uh, we'll say loosely, the the codependency. See the the person that is the the split definition again. They can create practices which is structure and discipline to make sure that when they're not around that person, that they're still exercising that uh, that level or that area. And then they don't seem as so codependent on the other person. I've never felt you as being any type of codependency uh, with me, but I do recognize that, you know, our energy, the more consistent it is, of course, like any two people, the more we're connected, the more Things flow easy and that type of thing. And when we go a little while without being connected, it can take a little bit to kind of our energies to to reconnect, uh, so to say. But that's the case with with anyone. I've heard in past relationships, I've had people say, Alexander, it seems like you don't care whether we're together or not. And this is what single definition people hear. And I will say, well, it's not that. It's just that I live by the first pillar of the just philosophy that everything's in divine order, whether I understand it or not. So I don't happen to feel that any two people can break up unless it's divinely guided to break up. And we put way too much pressure to think that we we make these decisions and our decisions have all this cost and that kind of thing. And we should take responsibility for our decisions. But there is a lot of uh, that goes on in the ethers that we're just not able to control. And 
and me going through so much death in my life, death is what taught me to non-attachment and not to stay attached to a person, place, or thing. And so that can make it seem like I don't care whether I'm with somebody or not, but that's just not the truth. Um, I, I can have that preference, but again, I don't allow that preference to direct me. And I have to be careful not to isolate myself. I spend a lot of time alone, but see, I purposely create classes and create performances and things like that to do with groups because I'm not a big social person. Because again, I feel complete to myself. Now I say that, but see, I didn't carry any kind of conscious like uh, self-esteem until around 40 or after. So even though I had the single definition, please don't misunderstand that that has nothing to do with insecurity, that plenty of single definition people carry just as much insecurity as multi uh, definition people. So, so I don't want those to get mixed up that it doesn't mean, Oh man, a single definition just has it so much easier. It's not that at all. It just means that our work is different, but the work is equally as challenging for, for all parties. I feel like, I have an interesting time with this because I think I'm so used to living alone, being on my own, being in my own energy. So maybe there's other things at play here. But when I'm around other people who I know have the the GPS center, so I would tend to feel completed. When I'm around them, I I don't feel like myself, maybe because I'm just used to not having it. And so over time, I can want to be back on my own to kind of be in my own energy again because I, I can feel that I'm being influenced. And, 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 you know, because initially when I get in that energy, I'm like, oh, I can lay back. I can just like be my, be myself. But it's almost like I'm so used to, I'm so used to being feeling driven in that angst, like, you know, having to, utilize that energy to drive myself through my life that when when it's not there i don't know what to do like maybe the, maybe i don't know how to relax um because i don't have that that energy that angst of like searching for that that i'm just maybe maybe i'm addicted to that energy where i've learned how to like utilize it to energize myself into getting you know where or where i want to go or what i want that when it's not there, I feel like a little lackluster. But it, and I, I think some other stuff in play is when I'm around other people too. My emotional center is is completely open, so yeah. I'm also taking on that stuff too. So I think there's more than just the GPS in play here. But it is something that I've re- that I've realized that I don't really like being around people for long extended periods of time because I'm like ready to get back into my own environment. But it could just be I'm, that's what I'm used to, and that's what I take comfort in because that's what I'm used to. Well, here we're going to bring in free will because with the GPS, just because somebody has the GPS activated does not necessarily mean that you're going to feel fulfilled around just anybody that has GPS activated because GPS is your direction in life. So see, if you don't respect the direction that this person's going, that even though it might activate your center, it's not going to make you fulfilled. The key is, is that for everyone that has, this is specific to the GPS, your direction in life, 
which means your, you know, possibly your livelihood or what fulfills you to, to be part of that kind of thing is that many people's um, sadness and negative emotions are stimulated because they are with, they don't have the GPS and they're with somebody that does have the GPS, but the direction that they're going in their life is not the direction that the person without the GPS wants to, to go. So there's no fulfillment. See, there's an action. It's an activation and it's almost like an invitation. Hey, do you want to come with me in this direction? And that can be the, the energetic pull. But the key is, is that how you, how much a person respects the other person and the direction that they're going. And so that's a big key in this. And then, of course, you brought up that you have the emotions non-activated and that can certainly uh, regulate the amount of time you want to be around somebody if they're holding you know a lot of frictional or negative emotions they don't even have to be displaying it so i think that's a key key part to especially the gps specifically for for you and others that have that as the bridge between their definition is that it has to be or it needs to be a person that you respect and uh, look up to the direction that they're going or that fulfillment isn't going to be there now when Somebody is going in a direction that you want to go. What it can create is pressure. It can create a pressure to feel like you've got to equate to that. And so, so see, there's a cost to, to having activated with somebody that is not going in a direction that you resonate with. And it's a cost to having it activated by somebody that is going in a direction that you would like to go. But at the same time, there can be a pressure with that one to, well, I've got to keep up to a certain point or there's expectations and that can come into play as well. Yeah, it's all a challenge. It all is a challenge working with these energies and, and uh, you know, the more we can understand ourselves more, the, the better we have a chance of um, managing and directing and processing all of this. So um, I'm glad that we had that discussion. So in wrapping up, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to open the floor for you to ask me a question about the last six years. Is there a memory of me where you thought I wasn't going to make it? <laughs> to be honest. Uh, or, or that was just really challenging yeah, that can, you saw me uh, going that through. That phrase, to be honest, that's so funny every time that's used. But, um, <laughs> but actually, yes, I can remember um, because you were a 3-5 profile and my relationship that ended uh, shortly before we got together, she was a 3-5 as well. And three fives can be very into something and then very not into it. And then they're into something else and then they're into something else. And that used to really frustrate me, especially in that relationship, because my path is very consistent and I've been doing something very similar for 25 years and, you know, to develop the just philosophy and that type of thing. So, so when there was a point in time, I think we were just, uh, I, don't, I can't remember how many years, maybe a year, year and a half into it, where you mentioned uh, doing a podcast with uh, somebody else or possibly other people. And I remember having that same resistance to when my partner wanted to go study with somebody else or go try another workshop or something like that. And I remember that me recognizing that and saying, no, this is the person for me to work on this. And my work was to allow that to happen because 
And I was able to allow that to happen by being very confident in I've done lots of partnerships, lots of bands and that type of thing. And I know that when you find somebody that you can work with, it's special. And so there's a whole lot of people out there that look like you can work with them. But once you get together, the energies don't match. So, see, I put my faith and trust into that. And I, I suggested, yeah, you go do that. And that was very, very short lived. And I learned and grew a lot from that action because that was what I failed at in that relationship uh, before you and I met. And so that to me has always stuck out that through trust and faith, I allowed you to go do what you needed to do. And then, of course, you never, you know, waned again after that. And that was, you know, a long, long time ago. Uh, Since then, you've done many other projects, but nothing to the extent to as as I technically felt a little threatened at that time, because, well, what if he likes this person better than me, you know, and that's these childlike emotions that come up that need to be managed and regulated that I practice. No, everything's in divine order. If he's supposed to go and leave me and be with somebody else and do that podcast, then I'm going to support him to do that. So anyway, that's a, um, an experience that I truly remember. And do you remember that at all? I I do. And I, I didn't, I didn't actually go and and do that podcast. It was and it was just an idea that I brought up. Um, but I remember you asking me, "What is it that I'm not getting fed here in our mm-hmm. podcast?" And, and I remember it. You know, it it wasn't it wasn't a, a exactly comfortable conversation, but I could understand what you were asking, and and uh, I'm glad I'm not a person who just. Uh, makes quick decisions because I, I think we we've had many uh, conversations over time where you've challenged me to that extent to really sit with and think about um, situations, and this is this was one of them where um, I kind of just put it in my head and I took time, and over time I understood what you were saying and and was able to go through and ask myself like what is what am i not getting or is it just that i'm not putting that right. energy here you know and that and that is i think ultimately what it was is i felt maybe um like it would be more freeing to put a certain energy in this aspect but i had to un- i had to learn how to put that certain energy that I wanted to get out, that playfulness, I think it was, the the more personality into this podcast. And I think that's when I started doing the the intros where I could be a little more creative. Um, so I was able to find a way to put that ener- energy into this one. And ultimately, I, I can see how that would have divided the energy and made this podcast uh, less yeah. powerful because my energy is going over here too. So so when I'm speaking about these subjects, it's not just all going and, and saving up for one right. place. Well said, well said. And and I grew a lot from that. And I think you did as well. And that was a beautiful mutual growth uh, moment very early in our um, you know development together. So now my question for you is, what is one of the bigger aha moments that you've had since working uh, us doing this podcast and working with the philosophy, what comes to mind of that you really felt like it really shifted your life or the way that you um, live it to day to day? Well, I, 
maybe I'll answer that in two parts. One, the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around was the idea of willpower and trust. And I remember, I remember we did an, we did an episode or a couple episodes where we talked about this and I didn't get it. And I remember I had to keep asking the same question over and it took years for me to finally understand that it's how it's affecting you is when you step more into willpower or more into trust, depending on what you're currently trying to do and how it's affecting you. And that was a huge aha moment because I just thought there was an answer. Like you just, you either did willpower or you did trust. And uh, it's a one size fits all, uh, maybe dependent on variables, but it, it, all of this work, I think that that's where that translated into all of this work is how it's affecting you, how you're feeling in that moment. If you're being emotional, then it's time to change mm-hmm. something. If you're feeling resistance, then it's time to change something. It's not, again, th- this is a personal thing for each person. And I think that's when I got that lesson uh, with that. But overall, the thing that has completely changed my view on life is just understanding how this philosophy connects all the dots. And I've been so vocal because I I don't understand how other people can't see it. But I know it took me a it took me a long that. time to get it. But once I got it, it all clicked and and I can't mm-hmm. unsee it. And it's once you understand how everything connects, then then you can truly derive any answer for any question because it's like a closed system. I know I'm not really good at explaining it. Uh, I always say it's a closed system. Everybody, you don't get it. Um, <laughs> or a complete. Yeah, a complete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I go, please. This, yeah. Because it is, it is everything you need for, for identifying the answer to how to change direction in the face of friction or uh, discontentment or anything like that. And, and it, I mean, it, even on like on any of the five levels too. So if you're feeling physically unwell, you know, you can just ask yourself the questions and go along for the ride. And, but anyway, the whole complete system, I hope that I can learn how to communicate this to people. I always joke around and say, I need a whiteboard so I can start drawing because that's how I feel like I can communicate this. And maybe I'll give it a shot one of these days to try and make sense of it. And and see if it's it's I mean because I'm I'm interested in seeing if what's in my head is exactly the same that's in your head and how you understand it because I'm sure there's probably holes in what I understand that you can fill and maybe there's things that I see a certain way that can round out well, your so, perspective. Yeah, there's a process um, certainly, and and it's it's by stages. Um, so you know, with me working with and developing this for 25 years, and you being six or seven years in. You know, that's the that's the thing is that that it's not an absolute answer. It's a you get to this stage and then your perception changes and then you see this differently. And I know that we've gone through plenty of those steps. And that's the hardest thing for our culture to grasp onto because they do just want a straight answer. Does is it willpower or is it trust? And it's it's both. It's both. And Whichever one is more challenging for you to step into is probably the most useful. And most of the time, people will things to happen when they want it, rather than working with a little bit more trust when they they exercise way more will. And then some people just trust that things are going to come to them and see they need to exercise more will. 
So it's a, it's a beautiful teaching, and that's the way a lot of the teachings of this philosophy is. It, I love the way the Sufis said it uh, best, I think, is just learn to live life in contradiction. And that took me many, many years to learn the beauty and the depth of that statement, to, to live life in contradiction. And if you're not, you're just not growing. And so, um, so this has been a wonderful uh, discussion. I appreciate all the, the points you brought up, and I'm sure you, you had plenty more. But um, but I guess we will start wrapping up this episode. Yeah, recently you asked me uh, what makes the philosophy different from the other things, and then we kind of check in with each other uh, about this. You know, maybe maybe a couple times a year, but but then I mentioned that it's the the language is the the meat of this philosophy because like you didn't you didn't invent the uh, laws of hermetics or the way energy you know interacts with with people and and all that it, it the language is the main part of this philosophy that makes it easy the the tools and techniques and the methods and the the three r's the five pillars it, like you've said in the past it's all a, a language that we can share so we know what we know how to communicate these things uh once more and more people start to invest in this philosophy. But I, I feel like that's that's uh, the point that I kind of want to leave here is uh, I know just tapping into my experience and I, I know like other new people who maybe have seen a reel or, or listened to a little bit of a podcast and they've heard something that you or I have said that snaps something together in their mind like, oh, those two things are connected in that way. That makes sense. That's why I've had these experiences. And then if they listen a little more, there's like a few more things that connect. But then the more you continue continue to tune into the podcast or talk to Alexander, uh, you start to realize that all these things are connected through uh, a couple of similar threads. And that's what, what we talk about when we say it's a complete system. It's because all of these things are connected. So if you understand the grand theme uh, of how things work in this reality, which really just go back to the five pillars, where the big one being uh, polarity versus duality. And I mean, I know that was a huge one for me to understand, especially coming from like a religious fear based mm-hmm. background um, of, you know, you have to choose between good and evil because that determines mm-hmm. your afterlife. Uh, you're being forced into that duality and you're almost being forced into. Uh, constant friction within yourself if you're or just how you relate to the external world because you're constantly having to judge what's good and bad to determine what's good for you when when really you can get those answers internally and without judgment so these are that's just a small little piece of what we teach you to do here and uh it's like you're kind of doing the same thing but without the friction and without the judgment because those things do keep score and with in your that, body. You know, polarity versus duality, just to for anyone that hadn't heard that, is that opposites have to exist. And that's the law of polarity. And in the law and the rules of duality is whatever your preference is, then you're trying to convince everybody else of that preference. And they're trying to convince you of that preference. So that's where the friction is going to be. And and so in polarity, you can accept that you have a strong view about something, and that means that somebody else is going to have the opposite strong view. So there's no need to get emotional about it. And that, because again, now we're going to bring in 
the fifth pillar, which is everything's vibration. So see, it comes back to everything we've talked about today is what you're doing or what you're thinking or what you're saying. How is it making you vibrate? Because we're either uh, raising our so-called frequency or lowering our so-called frequency with these emotions and these views and these preferences and all of that. So again, it's all about the vibration that we're holding, that we're uh, projecting and these preferences and emotions or what tears that down and, and tears people apart. So I hope that everyone has enjoyed, you know, this, uh, mishmash of, of information. And we've kind of jumped around from topic to topic, but it is all connected. And I am in celebration for this 150th episode and please reach out to anyone that has questions, uh, to get more clear on the philosophy, the podcast or, um, self-development, conscious relationships and wellness on all five levels. Yeah. And I'm betting that anybody who sits down with the five pillars and, and, uh, you know, intentionally puts energy towards them from a neutral perspective, they, you can prove to yourself that these things resonate. You know, I feel like if you're in tune with, with the natural world and you're outside your preferences and your past environment, um, or, or past training, um, you can, these are all things you can prove to yourself. So I think that's why this is great. It's not, you know, it, it's not the, uh, a person of, uh, power or influence, you know, raining down because they created this. It's not a corporation or a government, you know, telling you these are all things that are inherent in our natural state. So, um, appreciate everybody who has tuned in for the last six years who has shared their energy with us. Um, all of our past live Q&As are available in audio and video form. And uh, yeah, if you are checking us out on audio, we do uh, we have been for a good, a good amount of time now, six months maybe, uh, have been recording uh, on video. So you can check that out on YouTube. And we look forward to growing more. Uh, we're always looking for ways that we can do things better I think that's one of the the great things about us is is we have done that. You know, the first ninety episodes we did a certain way. Then we did our uh, story, our inward journey stories series, and then we started doing more of a uh, intentional, more of an education series in a way where um, we were more intentional about uh, the process of how to do whatever topic we were talking about. So. Um, we're open to, yeah, like Alexander said, open to suggestions. So again, appreciate everybody out there who has even donated to us, who subscribes to our Wise Wise Complete Conversation. Um, you know, you guys help us continue because all those funds go towards supporting us with our equipment. And I look forward to continually sharing my experience and sharing the philosophy with everybody out there. Yeah, so much love to everybody. Uh, I'm so honored. Uh, I thank uh, Aaron for uh, being a wonderful co-host and everything that he does behind the scenes as well. So much love to everybody. And yes, reach out and stay connected. Thank you for listening to this free version of the Wise Wise podcast. To hear the complete conversation and go deeper into the application of the tools and techniques of the Just Philosophy, head on over to wisewisepodcast.com and become a premium member. 
You'll get to hear all of our complete conversations, including the complete episodes of our Inward Journey story series and our entire back catalog, and continue your self-development journey with us. We honor your dedication to self-growth, overall wellness, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. Continue on your self-growth journey by visiting thejustphilosophy.com where you are able to connect personally by booking a private consultation with Alexander in person, by phone, or Zoom. Uncover your authentic self more easily with a human design or destiny card consultation. Here you will gain information about your energetic makeup, personality, and your higher self, as well as navigating your way through your relationships. There are also multiple types of reports available for purchase that help you gain insight into your career, relationships, and opportunities for self-growth. The site also allows you to view a calendar of Alexander's live performances and class schedule, peruse other products such as shirts, CDs, and finally, the revolutionary VibroTune vibrational sound therapy tables. These contoured therapy tables allow you to bathe in a vibrational sonic bath of frequencies, bringing you into alignment on all levels. You will be feeling and hearing calming music synced through vibration and frequency. So again, you can grab all this goodness at thejustphilosophy.com, T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 25 years in his personal studies, private practice, and professional environment. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only and is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We want to thank you for working on you. Keep shining your light and refining your vibe.